Juliet Ola started a new job in a pandemic. And not just any job. She joined one of the world's largest travel companies, Booking.com. At a time that was arguably one of the hardest the industry has ever seen, she chose to see it as an opportunity to create a net new editorial strategy. In this episode, she takes us through how she did it and how she's made it successful. This is an editorial strategy masterclass. You're listening to People Changing Enterprises. I'm your host, Jasmine Goodman. Please enjoy this episode with Juliet Ola, Senior Manager Editorial at Booking.com. What is your role now at Booking.com? I head up the uh, editorial team. We're quite a small team, actually, of, I guess, content strategists. We do all of the, the planning, the vision, the strategy, which is centered really around long-form travel articles uh, in this case. What was the editorial landscape at Booking.com when you first started there? When I joined, which was during the pandemic, an interesting time, uh, well, in lots of senses for the world, for companies at large, everything and all of the above. When I joined, the editorial track that I um, had uh, inherited was quite a different approach to what we're building towards. At that time, editorial long-form articles were actually being used for paid, mostly social media ads. And a lot of the measurement then was around how that editorial content performed through mostly social paid channels. There wasn't really an organic strategy for editorial around how editorial can connect to our own social media channels, organic ones, or, or our email channel. So when I joined and we had budget restraints, like a lot of companies did, and I could also see that there was potential, if we built towards that, to use editorial content a lot more broadly. But I could also see that there were a lot of steps that needed to happen before we would really be able to fly and uh, be able to do that at scale and speed. How do you come up with an editorial strategy? What are the key elements? Any kind of content strategy... It, almost irrespective of use case, it really should start with audience or, or customer first approach. You really need to think about who is the profile and what are the, the content needs of the people that I am talking to, creating content for, and start from that place. Because really what your whole strategy should center around is how you're providing the most value and the most relevance for, of course, whomever you are trying to engage with. I think one of the things that trip up a lot of well-meaning content strategies is they start with a business first approach. Obviously, you know, Know, kind of business messaging and needs can be and need to be interwoven into that so that things do ladder up to marketing or business or brand objectives. But I think starting uh, from a very customer first approach is quite essential. Otherwise, you will lose relevance and value very, very quickly. And our audiences are extremely sensitive to that. For content, we are competing in a very, very, very cluttered space, not just against other brands, but basically any other kind of content anyone is consuming on their phone or on their on their laptop. So you have to be very mindful of that. But in terms of the key elements, I would say that once you have thought about your audience and defining who they are, what their needs are, you need to have a really good objective. And this is where you might start to weave in some customer objectives as well as maybe weaving in some business or marketing goals into something that's quite tight, or maybe there's a couple of objectives around this strategy. You will definitely need some kind of content pillars. So now you're starting to touch a little bit more on how does this vision come to life in terms of something tangible that you will be giving people? What are the themes or I guess the buckets that you will be touching on in all of the content that you produce? And I do think it's important to at least try to stick to that, even if things do shift and change. I think it is nice to have a framework and a vision that you're at least going to set and then 
test from there. And then of course, beyond content pillars, you also will need a measurement plan and KPIs for how you are going to measure effectiveness and then what you'll be optimizing against. How do you measure whether you are successful? What are some of the key metrics for measuring success of an editorial strategy? So I think the metrics and the measurement, really their use is to support your objective and of course show how you are executing to drive to drive value and achieve that, that objective. So if your objective is around conversion or demand generation or lead generation, of course you'll have a different set of, of metrics. It might be things like click-through rate to show the journey of how you are leading or pushing someone into a funnel. It could be things like email subscriptions. It could of course be conversion if that's the kind of content that you're creating around. It's going to be a different set of metrics if, however, you are looking more uh, from an engagement, you might be looking at things like scroll depth. So how far is someone scrolling down a piece of long form content, maybe bounce rate, the shares of that content through social channels. It could be return visitors. It could be time on page. So really always trying to think about the metrics in terms of how they support your objective and, and showing how you're driving impact for that objective. For how long do you define a content pillar? And then how flexible are you? How broad is it? How much creativity can you actually put into action? I mean, for editorial, the pillars come down to this customer first approach. That's always the lens that we're looking through. But for editorial, we're always thinking about, okay, well, as a, as a travel brand and as long form content, what are customers looking for with long form content around this particular campaign? And how can we tie it really, really firmly back to travel. So for us, it's, it's really, really rooted a lot in destination and brand storytelling because we've definitely found that our, our customers are finding a lot of value, of course, and inspiration around destinations. Where can they travel to? And it's how we interpret that and package that in a really exciting way through different themes for them, through different moments for them to give them that inspiration. But I think... If you were doing editorial around something that was more information content, it doesn't always have to be engagement inspiration content. It could be for a completely different purpose. You might be able to go a little bit more granular in, in your pillars and get a little bit more pointy about the types of information that customers might want or, or have some goals around educating, for example. This is also um, distinct by market as well. So being a global brand, we're also speaking to travelers around the world who, yeah, in every market that's going to be quite different, not just because of different kind of cultural nuances, but we can also think about things in terms of domestic travel, international travel that changes my market. So there's lots of nuance to this. And it's it's not always, uh, it's, it's something that also shifts and changes slightly in terms of where our focus is as well. So editorial strategy is also designed to reflect that uh, as much as possible. And I can only imagine, uh, here's another layer in that matrix editorial calendar or content strategy where I'm assuming you have a global layer that is universal, but then it has to have more layers that are more local, right? We use a mix. We have lots and lots and lots of data available as well as research on how different people are traveling and, and also great research teams who are diving into, in, into trends and how things are shifting. So we can pull from hard data into what we know. And then in terms of the actual planning and execution creation of the content itself, we actually work with local teams. So we actually work with our localization specialists. We're very lucky to have in-house translation and localization specialists. 
And they not only help us to write and craft the content, but they also are playing quite a key role in informing what that content is, making sure that it's culturally relevant, making sure that uh, the angle that's been proposed fits the market. And there's, you know, smoothing out any bumps that may come across with that, you know, transcreation process. And I think that's, that's critical. I love that you're making a difference between translation and localization, because those are two very, very different things. Absolutely. I would say it's it's essential. Translation can be very tricky. It can be used, it has a place, but really content creation audiences are incredibly sensitive and perceptive to anything that is, is slightly off, slightly irrelevant. This is a hugely competitive space. If your content isn't coming across uh, and your message isn't coming across seamlessly, you know, for, for the culture as well, it, it just simply will not uh, sit and you lose attention immediately and you also lose trust. So that that is essential. If you're going to create content for a market, it must be culturally seamless, not just from a language point of view, but in, indeed from a point of view. And how many times have you and I read something that is very obviously translated by some kind of chat GPT, AI, whatever service. And you immediately, after the first sentence, you know, oh, okay, this has been translated by a machine. That is critically important that your local customer feels valued and seen. And how important is stakeholder alignment? And how many stakeholders, because to me, it's such a huge topic, right? Because to your point, it's omni-channel. It touches so many different departments or groups. How did you get buy-in from stakeholders for your new editorial strategy? What was the challenge was that I saw very broad potential for editorial in terms of it being able to be used across multiple channels. And I wanted to show that potential, but at the same time, keep some focus so that it didn't seem like I was trying to solve all of the content challenges through editorial, but also show that, yes, I see broad potential, but I'm also going to show focus. I'm also going to work on these things first so that it didn't become overwhelming for people. Because I think if you go, you know, kind of too broad too quickly, your message can start to become a bit lost and people get a little bit overwhelmed and confused. I think honestly, stakeholder relationships have been a really big part of that initially is to let other channels and other departments know what we do, know what we can do, help them see the potential. So I think it's about kind of, yes, coming up with fresh ideas, uh, but making sure that you have a really well thought out tangible strategy. So you've really done your homework on the content strategy side. It's not just about coming in with something. You really need to show how you're going to execute it, how you're going to measure it and see if you can tie that through to something that's already a little bit accepted in the company in terms of a method methodology or a way of working that makes people feel comfortable to try something new. One thing I was conscious of, of showing is that with my track and with long form content, we weren't trying to replicate anything. Editorial is very resource heavy. We're talking long form content. It needs to be written. It needs to be researched. It needs to be translated. We need great visuals. It does take a lot of resource to produce. So if we're going to do this, how do we make each and every story work to serve needs, fill gaps so that we are supporting rather than just adding more content where it's not necessarily really tightly interwoven. The nuances of those channel requirements, what the email team require versus what the social team require with their content, having a look at their strategy and, and seeing ways that we can support and sometimes even support in the same piece of content. And this is where it got really interesting. So if we can have one story that can serve email needs as well as social needs, I mean, that's a great win-win for us as well. And we're always trying to think about how we best do that as, while keeping the 
customer very, very front of mind. You know, messaging is, is degraded very, very quickly if things are disjointed, if things are not integrated, if you've got competing messages or approaches. So it's important to build that audience trust so that their perception of your authenticity as a brand is also maintained. And maybe that is the most important thing. It, it sounds so easy, but it's so hard, right? You can spend years building trust and then there's this one thing that goes wrong and then you have basically have to start over again. So I couldn't agree more. That's a super important component in that mixture. I always think with content, it's you're not just competing against other brands. You're competing against any kind of content that you put out. You're competing against every other piece of content on the internet. Uh, so if your content is irrelevant or it's clunky, or I mean, there are incredible content creators everywhere and the audiences do not have to remain loyal for a second to anything that is not useful to them or isn't providing them value. So it's absolutely not enough to just be looking over your shoulder at what other brands are doing. You need to be looking at what all the amazing content that already exists and be optimizing your best practices, your standards to what is already existing in general out in the content space, whether that's publishers, influencers, uh, YouTubers, every other content creator, creator out there who a lot of which are doing phenomenal jobs at incredible content. So the bar, the bar is high. And increasingly being raised. One thing is certain, I think you've picked a job that is never going to be boring. <laughs> no, I'm never bored. <laughs> Thanks for listening to People Changing Enterprises. This show is brought to you by ContentStack, the leading composable digital experience platform for enterprises. Got a question or suggestion? Email us at podcast at contentstack.com. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back next week with a new episode helping you make your mark.